Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of a Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We had a tremendous month in the month of June, lots of great testimonies that came from this youth camp that I did in Memphis, Tennessee. I would highly encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and check it out. I mean, tremendous testimonies of twisted legs and feet, uh, those being straightened up. We had some ears open up, skin diseases healed, knots dissolved. It was awesome. We even had a young boy that his back was severely twisted because of scoliosis, and it instantly straightened up right there during the service. He was able to testify of the fact that his back was straight. We were able to see that. Not only that, his hips were aligned. All the pain was gone. Just great, great time. I love working uh, with those teenagers because there's no show. There's no, there's no fake. Uh, it's just genuine. It's authentic. And we just had a tremendous time. I think there was about 160, 170 of those teenagers. And also had some great, great meetings in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thank you to all of our partners who came out. Got to meet so many of you there, and I'm really excited about the meetings we have coming up this month. We're going to be in Minnesota. We're going to be ministering for Love of God Family Church in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, and then I'm super excited. We're going to be having our first trip back to the United Kingdom. That's right. We're going to be in Farham, England, and we're going to be holding a conference there on Friday and a Saturday that's going to be Let's me, let me see my calendar here. That's going to be uh, July 21st and 22nd in Farm England. If you would like to come to that, there is registration that's required. It's free, but you do need to register. Uh, there is a limited number of space that is available. And from what I was told, we're getting fairly close to capacity. So you want to go to our website, chagonzalez.com, and go to the schedule. And when you go to the schedule, you'll see the information for the England meetings. If you'll click on that, there is an Eventbrite link that you can click on there and schedule uh, to come and get your name on the registration list. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a Friday night. Then we're going to do Healing Academy training on Saturday morning, and then we'll have service, a healing service on Saturday night. So we're very much looking forward to that. Last thing I want to make mention of is our app is finally available you need to download that it's for your Android and your Apple phone. Just go to the search and type in Chad Gonzalez Ministries. Make sure you spell it right, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-S, and uh, you'll find that that app is there. It's really nice. got lots of great features in there and some more features that are being added. One of the wonderful features I love is the fact there is a chat feature in there where you can submit questions uh, not only for yourself but also within a group. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do uh, through this and things that we're going to be continuing to do is to maintain a sense of community here so that we can all learn from each other. So anyway, lots of great stuff going on. Hey, let's get into our message for this month. I want to talk to you about how God can heal a broken heart. If you look at our society, there's lots that's been going on over the last couple of years in regards to depression, anxiety, grief, sorrow. And you see the way that the world handles things. 
And you know, there's some there's some good things there. But just because it's normal for the world doesn't mean it should be normal for the church. It shouldn't be normal for the sons and daughters of God just because it's normal in the world. If you've been following us for a while, you know that my wife, Lacey, she moved on to heaven uh, April 2nd. She left me, went to Jesus. And Jake and I, my son Jake, we have been doing phenomenal. And it's really been doing a wonder in a lot of people's minds. I've been getting these strange looks. (laughs) People come up to me. They say, how are you doing? I look at them with a smile. I've got peace in my heart. Smile on my face and say, man, we're doing great. And they look at me and say, well, yeah, but how are you really doing? And it's like I lied to them. Like people have had a hard time understanding. How could you be married for 20 years? And suddenly your wife is not here. She's there in heaven with Jesus. And you just seem like you're just moving on and enjoying life. Well, I am. It's not because I don't love my wife. It's not because I I didn't love Lacey. I love Lacey. I will always love Lacey. But it's because, number one, I've got a kingdom mindset on all of this. I understand she's not dead. She's still alive. She's just not living here. She's living somewhere else. She's living with Jesus right now. And I'm going to see her at some point. There's a reason that the Apostle Paul said, do not sorrow, do not grieve like those who have no hope. And he was talking about those who have left this earth. You see, the world views it that when someone dies, they're gone, like, Sayonara, see you later, never see you again type of deal. That's the way they view it. Sadly, that's the way most Christians view it too. Now, it's not to say that there isn't some sorrow there. Paul didn't say that you're not going to sorrow or not going to have some grief. He didn't say that. We're not denying that when someone what we refer to as dying on this earth, which in reality is their body that's dying, not them. But but it's not to say that there isn't going to be some sorrow there and some loss to a degree because, especially when you've been with someone for so long, yes, you're going to long for the touch. You're going to long for those conversations. There's going to be some sorrow there, not for them, but for you in the sense of, You don't have that tangible relationship right now with them anymore. So it's not denying that. But Paul, he's letting us know you're not supposed to do it like the world does. You're not supposed to do it like those who have no hope, no expectation, no understanding. And so admittedly, yes, I would say the first two weeks, there was some definite grief there, some sorrow, some hurt, some numbness. This wasn't anything that was expected. I went on a ministry trip and get a phone call on my way back on my flight from a sheriff letting me know she's not alive on the earth anymore. So when you don't have time to prepare for that, then yeah, that hits pretty hard. And by the way, if you haven't seen the video in which I talked about the vision that God gave me three days later, 
in which he allowed me to see her for how she is, that when I was in my office here, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I was in my office with two of my friends, and we were praying, and God gave me a vision, and I saw her, and she saw me. And there were some sovereign things there, some wonderful supernatural things God did for me in my office on that Wednesday, and then a couple of days later confirmed it through a friend of mine. I'm telling you, just phenomenal, but God healed my broken heart in an instant, removed any hurt, pain, grief, sorrow. And this is what I want to talk to you about for this month and this, this episode of the Supernatural Life podcast is that God can heal your broken heart just as much as he can heal your physical body. You see, the world has a way of dealing with emotional hurt just as they have a way of dealing with physical hurt. Now, when it comes to emotional hurt, emotional pain, the world wants to talk about it. They want to medicate it. And unfortunately, that has gotten into the church. Unfortunately, in the very same way that depression and anxiety and grief has become accepted and normal in the world, it's become accepted and normal in the church. And not only has it become normal in the church, normalized, but the world's way of doing it and dealing with it has become the normal way for the church to deal with it. Friend, it's interesting that in Luke chapter 4, very familiar passage of Scripture, Jesus makes this statement. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Right here we see Jesus saying, basically, I came to do three things. I came to preach the gospel to the poor. I came to heal your finances. I came to give you good news. You don't have to be poor no more. Jesus doesn't want you poor. Number two, he said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. And then he went on to say, I came to proclaim the liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. See, not only does Jesus want your physical body healed, he wants your heart, he wants your soul, your emotions healed too. Now, this is not talked about in church. This is not talked about at all. And we need to start talking about it because, friends, I'm telling you, as the world continues to get darker, these issues of emotional issues, mental issues, the depression, anxiety, grief, sorrow, all of these type of things is going to continue to increase. As darkness increases, well, people's emotional responses are going to increase as well. We have to learn how to control our emotions. We have to have some soul control. But a part of this is we need to take a hold of what Jesus said is available. Not only would he heal our body, he would also heal a broken heart. Now, it's interesting to me because there's a couple of things with this. Number one, in the very same way he could heal a broken bone, a broken body, he can heal a broken heart. So we have to see that, number one, this is available. Now, it's interesting that when it comes to someone who's brokenhearted, our automatic response is, well, let's go to counseling. Now, I don't see where Jesus came to counsel a broken heart. He came to heal a broken heart. He came to take care of this thing. 
in the very same way, he can instantly heal a broken body. He can instantly heal a broken heart. And I'm telling you, friend, he did it for me. I mean, in a moment, in an instant, it was taken care of. Do I, do I miss Lacey? Absolutely. I miss being able to talk to her. I miss seeing her laugh and listen to her laugh and make me laugh. I mean, I'm, I miss that. But am I grieving? Am I brokenhearted? Am I sorrowful over it? Absolutely not. Why would I do that when I've got the peace of God and the joy of the Lord? Like, no, no, no. Jesus said he came to heal the broken heart. So number one, we have to know this is available. Number two, our response to a broken heart should not be the same as the world. The world wants to counsel it out of you. They want to talk about it. They want to go and, and go back into your history and they want you to continue to talk about the problem. But friend, you have to understand that the more you talk about the problem, the greater the problem gets. I'm not saying that we take problems and emotional issues and we just stuff it off into a box and we don't deal with it. No, things need to be dealt with. They need to be brought out in the open. But the world's way is not always the best way. And in this situation, the way things are being handled, it's not the best way. Jesus said he came to heal your broken heart. You don't really see throughout Scripture this whole issue of counseling anyways. Now look, again, is there anything wrong with counseling? No, as long as it's being done from the right perspective. In reality, the whole purpose of counseling is to help you see things from a kingdom mindset. That is the purpose of counseling if you're going to have counseling. It's not so you can go back into your past and dig all around, dig out, clean up all the cobwebs and stuff. No, it's to help you get a kingdom perspective on your situation so you see things properly, so you can deal with things properly. Jesus said, I came to heal a broken heart. So that means you don't have to be brokenhearted for years and grieving and sorrowful, depressed and anxious for years. He said he came to take care of it. Number two, I want you to see this. Not only would he heal a broken heart just like he would to heal a broken body, but when someone's body is healed, let's say they got healed of having to use crutches, okay? They had some joint issues or whatever, and they're healed. They don't need their crutches anymore. Would we expect them to continue to go around using their crutches, carry their crutches around when they're physically healed? No. Why would we do that when they're healed? But let me ask you a question. Why is it when someone is emotionally healed, we still want to keep them in their place of depression, their place of grief, and their place of anxiety? Why is that? Because we don't truly believe this scripture that Jesus could heal a broken heart in a moment. You see, I've been dealing with this for months now. I tell people I'm good, and people think I'm in denial. I tell people I'm doing great. They come up to me and they say, oh, I'm so sorry about Lacey. I say, oh, I appreciate it. So they ask, how are you doing? With a smile on my face, I say, I'm doing great. God's been so good to us. And then I get this look. They kind of turn their head to the side and they're like, but really, like, how are you doing? I don't know. What do you want me to say? I'm doing horrible. I'd be lying. But it's interesting to me that people want to keep you, keep you in your place of grief. They want to keep you in your place of sorrow. People have ideas, their own perceptions about how you should be feeling and how long you should be in that place. And what's interesting is everybody has their own idea and own perception. 
Some people think you need to be in that place for a few weeks. Some people think you need to be in that place for years. No, Jesus said he came to heal a broken heart. And if he can heal a broken heart just like he heals a broken body, then once you're healed of that, you shouldn't be kept in that place. People want to keep you in that place. It's been really interesting, the things I've been having to, to deal with with people over the last few months. Just they don't have a, an understanding of how could you possibly be in that place. Because the scripture says it's available. And Jesus said he came to do it. And friend, I'm telling you, I experienced it. Jake experienced it. But not only do we see it here, we also see instructions that the Apostle Paul gives us in Philippians chapter 4 in regards to dealing with brokenness, hurt, anxiety, depression. Like, friends, I'm telling you, there's scriptural instruction for how to deal with these things, and the church is not dealing with it the right way. We're doing it the way that the world does it. And the way the world does it doesn't always work. I want you to notice something that the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. I call this God's prescription for peace. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. See, right here, we see that rejoicing is a choice. So don't tell me that depression is something that can't be controlled. Depression is very much something that can be controlled. Now, people's automatic response would be, well, yeah, but what about chemical imbalances? Well, ultimately, it all comes down to you not maintaining your thought life. I know it's not popular. I know people get upset about it. But I'm telling you this, like my background is, is in the area of psychology and counseling. I got a, a master's in counseling, bachelor's in psychology, was a certified therapist, like been there, done that. And yet I used to get into debates and arguments with, with my professors and people that were around me because they were dealing with these things from a worldly perspective. I'm seeing it from a kingdom perspective. You have a choice. Now, can there be chemical imbalances in people's brains and bodies? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's not because it started that way. It starts off with a thought. And if your thoughts are not maintained, then you know what happens? Your body will begin to respond to your thought life. How do I know that? Because we do know this in regards to when you start to get stressed, when you get fearful, anxious, what happens to your body? Your body begins to respond. Your brain begins to release different chemicals into your body. Your heart begins to beat faster. Your pulse increases. Your skin starts to get flushed. Things start to happen in your body as a result of your soul. Paul says rejoice in the Lord always. See, friend, we're not rejoicing because of the situation that you're in. We're rejoicing despite the situation that we're in. I wasn't rejoicing because Lacey left and went to heaven. I'm not rejoicing because of that. I'm rejoicing in spite of that, in spite of the situation, because I know God is good. God is faithful. God has always been good to Chad. He is gracious. And I know the things that he has before me. I know the things he has set before me. I know the things he's called me to do. And I'm so very excited about my future. I'm so very excited about my present. Why? Because God is good. And just because Lacey left, that doesn't mean that the mission has changed, that the mission has stopped. 
Good grief, I'm going even harder and further now. Why? Well, ticked off at what, what the devil did, so I'm going to make him pay. But number two, I just know that even more so, we've got a job to do. So we're pushing forward, we're advancing, we're increasing, we're multiplying. And I'm rejoicing in how good God is, despite everything that's going on. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So you, number one, you've got a choice to rejoice. You got a choice to be depressed. You got a choice to rejoice. Verse six, he said, be anxious for nothing. Well, that right there tells me again, I have a choice whether to be anxious, to be fearful, to be depressed, or I've got a choice to be at peace, be a choice to, to be at joy, be at cho- have a choice to, to be happy. I've got a choice in the matter. He wouldn't tell you not to do something if you didn't have a choice. No, he said, be anxious for nothing. That means, listen to me, friends, that means you could go through the worst trial of your life and not have one care in the world. Be anxious for nothing. That means anything and everything you're going through. I mean, we even see it with Jesus in the midst of the boat. I mean, a great hurricane coming against the boat, and he's chilling out in the boat asleep on a pillow. You could go through the greatest storms of your life and not have one stinking care. And yet, you know what most Christians are going to do? They're going to look at you just like the disciples and go, don't you care? Why don't you care? Why don't you have a care? And that's what I got going on right now with people. I mean, it's, it's good hearted, but they look at me and like, don't you care? Don't you care about your why? Don't you care that Lacey isn't here? Why aren't you crying? Why aren't you shedding tears? Why is it when I bring up her name, you don't look at me, look all depressed? Don't you care? See, friend, that's a worldly perspective. It's not a kingdom perspective. It's a worldly perspective. It's a worldly perspective. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. So that's a choice. Be anxious for nothing. That means it's a choice. Doesn't matter what you're going through. It's a choice. Be anxious for nothing. Verse six. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So in other words, in verse six, you have a choice not to be anxious. You got to choose not to do it. And then regardless of what's going on, you take that and you give that to the Lord. You say, here, God, I'm giving this situation to you. And I am so thankful. I'm so thankful and gracious because you are so good. And I know you've got this. The result of that is verse seven. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So see, if you want the peace of God that will mount guard and garrison around your heart and mind, you have to do verse six. You have to choose not to be anxious, choose not to be depressed, choose not to be sorrowful, choose not to be grievous, and give that situation to God. And the result of you giving that to him is that the peace of God will flood your heart and your mind. Then he goes on to verse 8 and says, Finally, brethren, whatever's true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, there's any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So in other words, if you want the peace of God, if you want verse 6 or verse 7, you got to do verse 6. You got to give it to God. If you want to maintain the peace of God in verse 7, you got to do verse 8. You got to meditate and think on these things. See, friends, what you put your mind on is what you are going to experience. Whatever has your affections has your faith. Not only do we see it here, 
But then we also see it in 1 Peter. I want you to look at this. This is a really familiar passage of Scripture. You probably all heard this in 1 Peter, cast your cares upon the Lord. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, we've pretty much all heard that. 1 Peter chapter 4, or 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, and in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he would exalt you in due time. Verse 7, here it is, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Have you ever heard that before? And I want you to think about this. He said, you cast your cares on the Lord. That means whatever care that you have, whether it's the care of finances, the care of your body, the care of your children, the care of a spouse, the care of a lost one, one who has gone to be with the Lord, whatever that care is, he said, you cast that onto the Lord. Why is that? Because when you give it to God, you don't have it anymore. Friend, I'm telling you, he'll heal a broken heart. How does that take place? You have to give it to him. You say, God, this hole that I have in me, this numbness, this pain, this hurt, I can't carry this on my own. I'm going to give it to you. And because I'm going to give it to you, then your peace, your love, your grace is going to fill my heart, fill my soul, fill my emotions. It's going to fill that hole so that I would be whole. You have to give it to him. He said, cast it to him. Now, here is where it gets interesting, and this is not talked about. He said, cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So you resist him steadfast in the faith. Friend, who's the one that Satan can devour? In context here, who's the one that Satan can devour? Satan can only devour the one who is holding on to their cares. See, what's going on is all the people around you that want you to hold on to your cares, they're acting like the devil himself. Don't you care? Why, don't, why aren't you caring? Don't you care? No, I don't care. Friend, I'm telling you, I'm one of the most easygoing, laid-back people. I have people all around me. They look at me and like, why don't you care <laughs> about, about all kinds of situations? I'm just like, hey, it'll work out. I always stay on the positive. I refuse to get stressed. I refuse to worry. I refuse to get anxious. Why? I am always in, in the mode of protecting my peace. You have to intentionally and consciously protect your peace. Why? Because Satan is after your peace. Because if he has your peace, he has you. It's right here in the scripture. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Be sober and vigilant because your adversaries going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. The only ones he can devour are those who are holding on to their cares. Friends, you've got to let go of your cares so you don't get devoured. Why? Again, I'll continue to say it. I've been saying it for years. I'll keep saying it. Whatever has your affections has your faith. And your faith will produce you don't have a faith problem we have awareness problems whatever you're most aware of is going to be your reality friend jesus wants to heal your broken heart he wants to heal your broken heart he wants to take away your grief he wants to take away your sorrow he wants to take away your depression 
and he can take it away in a moment if you'll just hand it over to him. And then make a choice to rejoice. Make a choice to not be anxious and meditate on what is true, what's lovely. Meditate on what is noble. Meditate on what is of a good report. Meditate on those things that are of heaven. Have a heavenly perspective like Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Set your mind on the realities of heaven. For you've died, and your new life is hidden with Christ and God. I have to see life from a kingdom perspective, a heavenly perspective. People aren't going to understand it, and that's fine. I can't help, can't make people see things from heaven's perspective. But friend, I'm telling you, I have a mission to fulfill. You've got a mission to fulfill. And we're not going to fulfill our mission by holding on to our cares we're not going to fulfill our mission by holding on to our griefs and sorrows. We've got to be like a warrior. We've got to see things from heaven's perspective. And anything that tries to take our peace, we refuse it. No matter the storm, no matter the trial, no matter the giant that comes into your life, you can go through these situations. You can walk through it like a boss. You can walk through the fire not smell like smoke. You can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and still be slaying devils and laying hands on the sick and seeing them be healed and walk through prosperous and untouched. Friend, I'm telling you, we are not of this world. And because we are not of this world, we are not to live like this world in any, any, any area, any facet of our life, even when it comes to our mental and emotional health. It's something that needs to be talked about. It's not popular, but I'm telling you what, it will affect your faith if you don't protect your peace and you hold on to your cares and your griefs and your sorrows. Let me pray for you real quick. Father, I pray for all those that are listening right now, all the situations that they're dealing with, any hurts, pains, sorrows, griefs, any cares that have just grabbed a hold of them and begun to just ravage their emotions and their thoughts. Satan, I take authority over you right now. I command you to cease and desist in your maneuvers and attacks against them, the constant bombardment of the fear and anxiety that attacks their thoughts the moment they wake up in the morning as they're driving to work, as they're sitting at work. Father, I thank you that your word is true and that right now, as we cast our cares over to you, we cast our griefs and sorrows over to you. We give you the issues and concerns and cares that the hole that's been in us, the hurt that's been us. Father, I thank you that your peace that surpasses all under understanding, your peace that surpasses all understanding begins to fill them to the full and overflowing. Father, I ask you to open up their eyes and help them to see and understand things from your perspective, from heaven's perspective so that they would experience the goodness and graciousness of you like you've planned before. Father, this is why you told us in Romans chapter 12, renew our minds so we're not conformed to the world, but we would be transformed. We'd be conformed to your world so that your will would be proved out in our lives. Father, I thank you for being so good and gracious to us. Thank you for the great plans that you have for us, all you've done for us, in us, and all you're endeavoring to do through us. Thank you for what you've brought us through. And Father, I thank you for what you're bringing us into. We love you and praise you and thank you for peace and healing, not only in the physical body, 
but also in the soul and emotions of people's hearts. I love you and praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you, friends. We love you so very much. We're so very thankful for your partnership, your prayers, encouragement, and support. If you're not a partner with us, we would absolutely love to see you be a part of the Dream Team. You can very simply go to chadgonzalez.com and you can go on to the giving link, the partner link, and you can find out all the information that's there and available. Also, I'd love to see you at some of our upcoming meetings. If you would, just click on the Schedule and Events tab. We'd love to see you there. It's always a pleasure and joy. Just such an honor to see so many of you that are partners with us that literally travel from all over the country coming to the meetings. I love being able to shake your hand, give you a hug, and just say thank you because we could not do it without you. Friends, we love you. We appreciate you. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next month on another episode of the Supernatural